You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. You're joined by myself, Lawson. Got my good friend, Brett, in the studio, co-hosting, and also Aaron joining us for the Bible study. Now, this is a class discussion. We should... We should record this. This is the group project. That's right. We should record this and send it into our lecturers for some kind of extra credit, right? Like, surely, you know, this is, this is, this is something. I I just want to do, I just want to do less work, guys. Let me be honest. That's that's really (laughs) what's going on here. You're listening to the breakfast show this morning. And right now we are going to have our next quiz question. Mm, So this is a fill in the blank question. And this time there are actually two blanks. So two blanks. This is a bit of a tricky one. Mm -hmm. Um, So, the verse goes as such, Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the blank and blank rain. So, I'll just read over that again. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth, and hath long patience for it, until he receive the blank and blank rain. You'll okay. find that in the book of James, chapter 5. Mm. Somewhere in there, we're looking for these two words. Yeah, Until what kind he of rain the is blank this? And blank rain. Yeah, what kind mm. of rain, if, rain is this? If you know the answer, then 0491-064-669 is the mm. number to text. I love, I love the language there as well. Mm. Behold, the husbandman waiteth. Mm. <laughs> 0491-064-669 is the number to text. If you know that one, if you do... Food is Medicine by Surad is the book we are giving away. This is a world championship winning cookbook. Yeah, I don't know what's better promotion than that. That that mm. holds weight to me. I'm like, okay, you can have a nice cookbook, but is it a world champion cookbook? World champion cookbook. This was the 2017 Best Health and Nutrition Cookbook. And, and I, I love this point too because it's a cookbook that focuses on health and nutrition. Mm. But the reason it won the best cookbook is because the food from it is the bomb. Like, mm. it is amazing. Yeah. Uh, I like cooking. Brett, I know you're you're engaged in some cooking duties yeah. at home. Trying to do my one. best. <laughs> Absolutely. Aaron, are you a cook? Debatable. Debatable? My okay. My wife would say otherwise. Okay. Oh, she would say that you can cook. Oh, yeah, she she would say that. But Oi, look at that. We're, we are new age men. In the, it, no, We're not new age. We religiously or spiritually. But we are we are new kinds of men here. We are we are cooking mm. at home. We're yeah. getting it done. Mm. You know, following in, in the footsteps of the renowned male chefs who are, you know, doing their thing around the mm. world. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning. Get some answers in, guys, because this cookbook is amazing. Again, until he received the blank. Blank and blank rain. That's from James mm. chapter 5, 0491 Got a couple text messages in. Firstly, from Suzanne here. She says, Pastor Marius Jagau is coming to South Australia this Sabbath. Looking forward to listening to him as he's a fantastic presenter on Faith FM. Yeah, shout mm. out, Pastor Marius Jagau. We love the work that he does here. His mm. regular contributions to our station. And that'll be in 185 Street, Seton, uh, at the church there at 10 a.m. So if you are... In the area, if you're in, in, in South Australia, uh, near the Seton area, I, I believe that might be near Adelaide. I, my, my, uh, my South Australia geography isn't that good. But hey, mm. if you know where Seton is, if you're in the yeah. area, just oh, take a seat and listen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Not my best work, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. No, hey, and again, if you want any of that information as well, 0491 064 669. 
Also on the text line, uh, there is a person who sent us lots of Bible verses, uh, just, you know, just a clump of them. It's like Matthew 6.33, Genesis 1, 1 to 31. No, mm. no text there, just the titles of the verses themselves. Mm. And we don't really know why we were like, is there, is there a through line with this text message and all these verses? Or maybe mm. they're just ones they really like. There's one that I really liked in it. Isaiah 46 and verse 10, the Bible mm. says, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel, counsel shall stand, mm. and I will do all my pleasure. Yeah. L- let us know um, if there was a like a common theme or anything yeah. like that. But there, there's some good verses. Like, good yeah, verses, verses there. And I think, you know, just reflecting on your testimony, Aaron, and being part of the mm. Jehovah's Witnesses and the Seventh-day Adventists, is, like these two faith backgrounds and being a Seventh-day Adventist today, mm. like that very much identify within the prophetic area of the Bible Uh, and, you know, seeing them as responsive and particularly around that period of, you know, 1800s America, you know, you had the the great awakening that had preceded it at that time. And and then these prophetic movements rising up. And I think, you know, for for good reason, ultimately those Mm. who were looking at the Bible at that time through a historicist lens was seeing the, you know, the conclusion of they just seen mm. 1798 as a date come and yeah. go, the conclusion of the 1,260 years mm. from Daniel 7, then well, Daniel chapter yeah. 8, 2300. It was a huge period of time. Like, there was, I don't think many people really truly understand what the spiritual landscape was of mm. Midwestern America at that time. Like, mm. there was an explosion of spiritual concepts at yeah. that time. So, mm. yeah, it was, it was a, would have been a crazy time to live in at that period. Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I think we can look at those different groups and I think there's definitely truth in there yep. because that, that's the movement that that was happening mm. at the time. This, And there was some, I think, some unfortunate circumstances of, you know, how some of those churches end up. And I think one of the other great movements that would come out of that time as well was was uh, the Church of the Latter-day Saints, yep. Mormonism. Mm. And, and I, I kind of, you know, it, it, we've had some Mormons talk on the show before. We've, you mm. know, call us up and share some comments. And if, hey, if you're an LDS listening this morning, we'd love to, mm. to hear from you as well. Mm. But... I think if I can state my own personal opinion on uh, the Mormonism as a movement, you know, just or the Latter Day Saints, you know, the Church of the Latter Day Saints, mm. I think, yeah, they were very much coming in with unorthodox doctrine and and mm. whatnot. But there was definitely some amazing truth that came out of that time, and you know, as we identify as Seventh Day Adventists today, we definitely see it in that space. And yeah. I've heard it, I've heard it said like this though, and the, and the reason it came is because of a historicist view of Bible prophecy that we can take the prophecies of the Bible, Mm. lay them out over history. Mm. And because of that, we can identify the movings and the workings of God throughout history. Mm. The different views of Bible prophecy that exist today are either preterism, which Mm. is that prophecy finished around the time of Nero, uh, you know, just after Christ. All done with. Yeah, he was was seen as the Antichrist and Mm. and that's it, finished right there. And basically we're... Kicking rocks ever since, you know, mm. just tumbleweeds yeah. prophetically. Yeah. as like, oh, mm. you know, whatever. It's all happened, and I guess we're just chilling out. Mm. The other option is futurism, mm. uh, which is that basically m- the majority, the overwhelming majority of Bible prophecy and the entire book of Revelation, the contents of that book, happens after the tribulation, basically yeah. after the or during the tribulation, I should say, after mm. the uh, after the 
the yeah. ascension or the rapture. Historicism used to be the mainstream, like traditional view of Protestantism yeah. as a rule, but mm. over time, it's actually become a minority view. Yeah. But I think like there's beauty in seeing God's prophecies, like the prophecies of the Bible, laid out through history mm. and continuing yeah. into the future. Yeah, well, I think we can see both. We can lay it across. There hasn't been the Bible hasn't been quiet on the last two thousand years. Mm. You know, absolutely, there's so much going on. And simply the case is Jesus says, John fourteen twenty nine, I tell you these things before they come to pass, so that when they come to pass you might believe. Mm. And the fact is is that throughout all history and all time, and this is what historicism really says, throughout mm. all history and all time, that is true. You mm. can in your current situation look at the things that God has said and see recently the way that those things have come true. Not just looking mm. forward to the future of like, oh, my faith will be confirmed soon or looking yep. back to the mm. past and, oh, it was, you know, it was done 2,000 years ago during the era of Nero throughout all history. And I heard it said like this recently, actually. Mm. Um, historicism was to the Protestant movement what uh, what rationalism was to the Enlightenment. Mm. We saw the, the yeah. Enlightenment take place, which was all of a sudden the, the, the breakout of you know, the scientific method. And it's mm. given us a lot of what we have today in regards to, I think, you know, the positive aspects of science in empiricism and being able to test things and being able to, mm. to, to rationalize through. Like all of those different aspects of, of, that, that, we, that we hold dearly in science because it gives us concrete evidence for things. Um, yeah, historicism very much function, functions in the same way for Christians because mm. we can look at the Bible as a document that can be studied, that can be, you know, we can really sink our teeth into and make and draw conclusive conclusions. That's kind of, mm. kind of a weird phrase to say, but we can draw con- solid conclusions about the way that God is working. And there is actual, this is powerful, there is actual, real, tangible supernatural evidence mm. that can be explored 100%. Mm. you know and, and because it's people are like oh supernaturality that's untestable yep. mm. but no we can test supernaturality mm. that ve- the vehicle for that is bible prophecy which is powerful it's amazing it's awesome you're listening to the breakfast chat connect with us on 0491 And you, we are continuing on. Look, that was a bit of a, an aside about historicism and the Bible and prophetic oh, movements and whatnot. But hey, you're listening to the Breakfast Show this morning. You are joined by myself, Lawson, We've got Brett in the studio, and Aaron as well. And we're going to get into our Bible study in the Psalms. Mm. Uh, Psalms 141. Our overarching topic for this week has been the wisdom for righteous living. And mm. I guess you know that aside about historicism and whatnot is. Because historicism paints the Bible in a way that is, I think historicism makes the Bible the most wise. Like Mm, the outcome of historicism is that the Bible is the the best version of itself. Yeah. Because it is smart. It is speaking into every situation that Mm. we have. It's not just pointing to the past or the future, but it's looking throughout all history and giving wisdom and warning and a blessing for all time. And frankly, the most encouraging too. Absolutely. I'll say that much because like, uh, it's a bit discouraging to think that either Bible prophecy stopped at Nero and Mm. now we're just, we're running blind. We have no idea what's going on for a while or, or yeah, the opposite that, you know, these things are going to take place way in the future and we're Mm. still running blind for a good while. We've got 2000 plus years of, we don't yeah. know what's going on. Absolutely. So historicism gives us this sense of God with us constantly. Oh, that's powerful. Yeah. yeah. But it was always meant to be paired 
with history. Like yeah. if you look at the Bible itself, it refers to historical characters. Yeah. And it refers to historical timelines. So it was always something that was needed to be paired with history. Yeah. Mm. And it comes alive with history. I mm. love that. Yeah. It's it's the reason historicism makes sense is because the Bible is in and of itself a historical document. Yeah. Mm. Uh, unlike, you know, I think documents of other faiths and whatnot, holy books of other faiths that more function outside of history, you know, whether yeah. it's the Greek pantheon or, or the, the writing, you know, Hindu uh, cosmology or whatever mm. it may be. This is so devoid from history, whereas the Bible, it makes those attempts to say, okay, this happened on this date and this da 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 And the biggest critics of the Bible, you know, I don't think there's a solid foundation. Maybe the first couple of chapters of Genesis, but outside mm. of that, there's no real solid foundation to say the Bible is a mythological book. The, the mm. furthest they can go, the biggest critics is to say that it's historical fiction, you know, that mm. because it is so rooted within yeah. history that we see archaeologically outside yeah. of the Bible. Mm. And so if the Bible is such is concerned so much with history, which it is, by the mm. way, you know, it, it's a historical document so much so that it opens a lot of its chapters and it opens a lot of its books with like mm. in the year of such yeah. and such king yeah. when this king was ruling in this area. This is a historical practice. Mm. This is the practice of people who write history. Yeah, Because the Bible is so concerned with history, its prophecy or its telling of future events would be the same. It would be an overlay of future history, mm. not just, you know, hey, it's going to do something way in the future. It's going to do something, you know, in, in one time here. It's, hey, throughout all time and all history, it is going to be functioning. And yeah. working. The Bible is wise in that way. Our mm. specific topic today, deceitfulness of the wicked way. We're going to be spending mm. our time in Psalms 141 mm. uh, for the majority of our time this morning. So we'll just pick it up. Hey, Psalms 141. Do you want to start in verse 1 first, please, Brett? Let's do it. Lord, I cry out to you. Make haste to me. Give ear to my voice when I cry out to you. Let my prayer be set before you as incense. The lifting up of my hands is the evening sacrifice. Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Do not incline my heart to any evil thing, to practice wicked works with men who work iniquity. And do not let me eat of their delicacies. All right, we'll stop there. We'll stop there. This is a, yeah, the opening of this psalm here. This is a psalm of David, mm. uh, Psalm 141. And again, I love reading the Psalms of David and imagining the kind of situation that he's finding himself when mm. he's writing them here. And there's always some clues that we see mm. throughout them uh, because, you know, when he's like, oh, I'm surrounded and death's at my door and whatnot, and I'm imagining yeah. him, oh, man, he's out in the field, like yeah. on a mission or something like that, mm. you know, or he's he's sitting in the kingdom that's being, you know, there's, his attack is the Philistines mm. or whatever, attempting a besiegement. Like there's, there's, there's all kinds of thoughts that come to my mind about where is that mm. this very much looks to me like this is more in his era of bureaucracy of mm. his era of, as a politician mm. we have here you know i cry out to you and especially the line here about and do not let me eat of their delicacies you know i'm mm. i'm thinking of international relations that are happening at the mm. time king david functioning as the you know as as a as a as a diplomat as well to the mm. the people and the other people in his nations which he he did very well you know they consider this for for Jews and for their history like the golden era of 
Israel yeah. when they were functioning as an empire because it wasn't just Judea. Of course, David is from the tribe of Judah, but it wasn't just Judea, but mm. rather an entire empire that they, mm. you know, was small. Don't get me wrong. It's, 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 yeah. it's Israel. Mm. Uh, but they were a successful, you could say mini empire, mm. you know, functioning well, wealthy, supported by other nations, diplomatic, mm. also very successful in battle as mm. well. Yet he is crying out. Mm. He says, God, save me. Mm. And it's not save me from a literal enemy here, but what is, what is he trying to find salvation from? Mm. The, what are the difficulties that he's finding here in his personal life? And I think, you know, this particular, he gives voice to those things in verse 3 and mm. verse 4. Yeah, well, it sounds like at least at the very least he's worried about men who work in equity, right? He's worried mm. about outside influences corrupting him. Yeah. And if I can read on just verse 5, I think verse 5 gives us a bit of a, um, an indication of what he's wanting. He says, mm. let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness and let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it. Like I like that because clearly he wants to be kept accountable. He's, yes. he's clearly surrounded by some people who are maybe a little bit deceptive, maybe mm. a little bit skewed, maybe could lead him in the wrong direction. Some of those might be his own advisors. Yeah. I'm thinking of um, of his general, Joab. Joab, yeah, yeah. Um, like Joab was very loyal to David, but in Joab's way. That's yeah. how I like to put it. Like yeah. Joab liked to um, do things for David, but in the way that Joab thought was right. And yeah. that could, like having Joab in his ear even could be difficult. And yeah. people like that who don't always do it God's way, don't do yeah. it the moral way. It sounds like also that he's really just wanting to stand firm in who he is with yep. God. Because mm. if you hear him when he talks about um, not eating, not taking part in their delicacies, it reminds me mm. of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Because they, they didn't want to take part in any of the, the delicacies that uh, Babylon had to offer, and they yeah. wanted mm. to stand firm in who they were. Yeah. So mm. I think David's reflecting a lot of that. You know, there's so much going on around mm. him at that point that, I just want to, you know, Lord, I need you to yeah. to remind me of who I am in you. Yeah. I want to stay where you are. Yeah. He is deeply concerned with his integrity before God mm. because he, un, more so than any other person in the kingdom at that time, mm. amongst the people who are following God, he has the ability to exploit others mm. and to, you know, to forego his integrity. And mm. this was the case, you know, you see throughout the history of the kings of Israel post David mm. and post Solomon and, and you know there was there was some some good eggs but mostly bad ones mm. and that is because man power corrupts eh? Yep. Yeah. Like if if we're not on guard and the and the Bible talks about this those influential and powerful decisions firstly need prayer my mind mm. goes to 1 Timothy chapter 2 pray for all men in power and for mm. kings and for those in authority yep. but secondly you know also, people of means as well. It's harder for a rich man to mm. enter heaven than for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. Like yeah. people of money and affluence and influence are under the most temptation because yeah. mm. they have the most ability and opportunity to exploit and to self-serve. Yes. Yeah, and frankly, they they also have the most capacity to lead others astray. Yes. So if I was if I was Satan from a strategic point of view, you go after the leaders, you go after the influential because they can not only themselves fall away, but they lead everybody else astray as well. Mm, and it's yeah. a so David is like he's in a precarious position and he's being tested, right? Yeah. Look what happened to his son. Yeah. Well, oh, absolutely. You know, look at look at mm. how someone changed his tune yeah. after a while. Yeah. So. Look at and even his David. other sons. <laughs> like, yeah, look you know? at David himself. Like, yeah, Absalom. Amnon and Absalom. Absalom. Yeah, yeah. yeah. These yeah. guys who who found themselves well, they were kind of like they were 
they had some trickle down authority mm. and influence, and that corrupted them. But mm. again, David himself, David and Bathsheba, I think, yep. firstly, a, a huge mark on his integrity. But mm. even later times, you know, just before he dies, the numbering of Israel, yep. Uh, yep, take basically, mm. you know, in, in this time, taking responsibility for the mm. success of Israel, you know making himself out to be the person who has provided, you know, all mm. to to his to the rest of the nation and wanting to number it and wanting to expand and fortify Israel as this great nation of David's legacy rather than of God's mm. legacy. And and he is received quite and the nation received quite dire consequences oh, yeah. mm. for this. David has some run-ins with his own integrity. And it's we we don't know exactly. There's there's no reference to it. And and we could view this as maybe post some of those slips and falls. And, mm. and we could view this as oh him him saying, Oh God, I know I have a problem with this. Help me. We can see this as maybe pre. He mm. knows he's slipping down that direction. He's like, mm. God, I need help. Like I am struggling yeah, here. You're listening to the Breakfast Joe podcast on Faith FM positively different and right now it's time brett for our final question of the quiz our so final question and it actually ties all the other questions together so i hope you've been listening to the rest of the show guys oh wow yeah okay. so question five is what has the connecting theme been between all the questions today that Ooh. is a good question what connects them so if you haven't been listening that's tough like that's a tough it, one. yeah but hey just write in anything Mm. Just put an answer. Just like literally send an answer in. It might be correct. Mm. It might be correct. Zero four nine one zero six four six six nine is the number to text. Of course, we have an incredible prize: food as medicine by Surad. This is a powerful book, getting into healthy, nutritious, and plant-based recipes as well, which mm. is really, really fantastic. We want to give this to you for free. The only way to get in for the draw is to answer questions correctly. So again. 0491 What has been the mm. connecting theme between all of the questions so far today? Listening to The Breakfast Show, we're continuing on in the Psalms, and we've been talking about David's struggle mm. to maintain his integrity. I feel like this is a very applicable Bible study to us, yeah. living in the West and living amongst means. None of us, not, none of us are at war. <laughs> none of us are... Struggling, you know, none of us are on the edge of starvation. You know, Mm. when none of us find ourselves in the in the the perils that David David did, Mm. we might, but that those like perils of literally your life being threatened on the line. Mm. None of us living in Australia today find that. I think there is some persecution that is taking place, some soft persecution that we Mm. see in the West at the moment, and it's ramping up more and more. But Mm. we're not finding that battle. The battle for Christians today is or for anyone endeavoring to follow Jesus at any stage of their faith mm. is the battle of integrity. 100%. The battle of 100%. solidness in their faith. Mm. What do you guys think that looks like for us in, you know, in our circumstances, you know, whether it's at maybe our occupation or our finances, what do you guys think that that looks like for us today? Mm. Well, I look at a lot of our, our friends that go to secular universities, mm. you know, like they, you know, you hear about, uh, say, uh, from where we are, the University of Newcastle, I think mm. it is, you know, they've got their, their groups and things like that yeah. that are there. And uh, talking with those guys, they they understand that uh, just by sharing that how much, how 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 tough it is at times mm. to be able to share about their faith and things mm. like that. Mm. Um, the current climate of Australia, uh, spiritually, not spiritually, 
but on a political level, say say in like Victoria and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Um, so it's moving in a direction that seems more and more anti-Christian as yeah. it yeah. goes along. So, you know, having Christian ideal, an ideal in, in in places like that is is pretty tough. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. And I think I think of you know if there's that pressure, you know that hey. Oh, this isn't the best thing. But simultaneously, like where where I really see the the rubber meeting the road with this, is in a person's personal choices uh, mm. to be, you know, either living up to the ideals that Jesus has given and, and obedient to them, mm. or struggling. And, and I love that you brought up university there because there are a lot of kids who grew up in Christian homes who, you know, eventually they're shipped off to uni, mm. and. Whether they're at a Christian uni or not, this is a problem at every single uni. Mm. You then have freedom, mm. and you have to decide what you're yeah. going to do. Yeah. Do you live up to the morals and the principles that you've been brought up with? And mm. and I, I hear stories from plenty of Christians. I was working actually at Newcastle Uni for a couple of years. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, connected with them, working mm. with the chaplaincy department and whatnot. I'm now attending a Christian university, and you see it everywhere. You see these young mm. guys who come in, and they they might be a back from a background where they've Never, never drank alcohol before. Mm. Like they've maybe been exposed to party culture and whatnot because of high school, but they've gone like, okay, they've been rock solid in those principles and they get to uni and all of a sudden because of that, you know, there's no eye watching them. There's no expect those Mm. expectations um, that can be immediately followed up on and kept accountable, say from Mm. their parents. There's then that potential to, to, to slide away. Yeah. Peer pressure. You know, peer pressure, pressure, those kinds of things and to compromise integrity. And I think, it's it's a devastating blow, particularly for young Christian people, because once you compromise that integrity, then the shame comes in. Yeah, mm. and it's yeah, like, oh, I can't that. talk to my parents, I can't talk to yeah. my family about this. Da da da. Yeah. Uh, be crushing. That's right. Yeah. From the other side as well, you know, I, I think I think of Brett, you and you and myself, like we come from a non-Christian background, and I always say, you know, I have conversations with young Christians, and it's mm. like, man, you know, you've come from the outside in. How does that work? And, and mm. this is people who haven't maybe been involved with evangelism or whatnot. Like, how does mm. it work that someone becomes a Christian? Yeah. Mm. And for me, it's like, you know, and and they stick with it. It's like, oh man, like I like for them, they're like, my whole family's Christian, and da 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 da. Like, mm. I go to church because they're there and and whatnot. Mm. And, whereas in in our situations, it's like. We go to church because we want to, like yeah, the, the, you yeah. know, like it's we're only. I'm not here because of the pressure of the people who I hold mm. dearly or close, or live up to those expectations either. Man, I I sit at the Christmas table, you know, the family table at Christmas, mm. and uh, my family are amazing. And I think particularly as the years have gone on and they've seen how much of a benefit uh, Christianity and my mm. faith journey has been to me. Like the spread at Christmas is like on one side, you've got like, I, I'm, I'm a, you know, plant-based, you've got plant-based and juice mm. and all this side. And then the other side, it's like oysters and prawns yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. and alcohol and things that I, you know, that's been a big decision for me mm. to move away from as a part of my journey into faith. Mm. Uh, I, at any moment, at any moment I could decide to go back on what I believe and there would be no criticism from them. Mm. Yeah. And, but the question is like, oh, how in those situations do we as Christians, when it's not necessarily the persecution that's forcing us into it, but rather the potential benefits or the mm. comforts or, or you know, it, it's the apple, if yeah. you will. It's, it's the fruit of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. There was no pressure for Adam and Eve to do that, yet it was desire. It was a, it was a lust for that in yeah. them to mm. do it, the cause them to do it. How then? Can we stay strong? How can we maintain our integrity? How can we not mm. fall into temptation? Well, I think one of the big things is um, being aware of pride. 
and its mm. consequences. Like I, I really like verse five in Psalm 141, which mm. I read earlier. Let righteousness strike. Let the righteous strike me. It shall be a kindness, and let him rebuke me. It shall be as excellent oil. Let my head not refuse it, for still my prayer is against the deeds of the wicked. Mm. And um, yeah, I just really like that because at the end of the day, um, we've got to be open to being rebuked, whether that's from scripture or from other people. I think we, yeah. we, we never can, if we get to a point where we think we know it all, we're in a dangerous position. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's what I wrestle with sometimes, personally. It's a bit of pill, it's a bit of pill to swallow. Mm. I mean, like, e- even just in him saying that, that's showing immense amounts of humility. Yeah, massive. Because yeah. it, it's like, what was your, how, how did you have it again in five? Uh, yeah. Let the righteous strike me, it shall be a kindness, and let him rebuke me, it shall be as excellent oil. Let yeah. my head not refuse it. So for, for the listeners who might not be aware of it, so... Uh, what I've got here it said, let a righteous man strike me. Mm. Uh, that is kindness. Uh, let him rebuke me. That oil, that is oil on my head. Mm. So a righteous man, who, a, a guy that actually, or any person that that uh, is trying to set you on the right course, he's open to be, mm. that's to right. be instructed. Yeah, that's right. He's talking about someone righteous who's keeping him accountable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Uh, which is which is powerful. And again, we're talking about King David. Like the kings were required by the law of God to read the Torah every single day and be acquainted mm. with it. And we've, we've reflected on some, how that's reflected in the Psalms. Like he was one of the few literate people who had the scripture on him all the time. Mm. Furthermore, um, he is a king. He is obviously incredibly scriptural. Mm. He has usurped uh, not only um, Saul, but his bloodline as well mm. for being more righteous. He's exce- succe- incredibly successful mm. as a warrior. Um, he is well known as a spiritual person. Like, mm. the, like who could possibly give him advice? You know, you'd be in that position. Like, mm. he, if if anyone could have been a mega church pastor in this time, it was David. Like, he <laughs> he he was the guy. Like, he yeah. was charismatic. Like, people mm. loved yep. David, yep. and he was spiritual, and he was full of knowledge and full of wisdom and mm. whatnot. Yet, despite despite all of that, like he is humbling himself to say, despite all of this, my integrity at the end of the day, mm. my walk before Jesus is just at, as much at risk mm. as any other person endeavoring yeah. to follow God because I am a man of sin. Yeah. I'm a man of pride. I'm a man of struggle. Yeah, it's interesting you bring that stuff up because I think like he was a man – that was, you know, um, a man after God's own heart. So yeah. God had com- continually blessed this man mm. over and over again. If it was anybody mm. who should have had a huge ego about that, it would have been David. Mm. But he didn't. He was always humble in in his approach with who he mm. was in, in Christ, or in, in God at that time. Yeah, absolutely. I want to just read the last couple of verses here. Brett, do you want to pick it up in verse 6? Yeah. Let's read to the end of the chapter. Let's do it. Their judges are overthrown by the sides of the cliff, And they hear my words, for they are sweet. Our bones are scattered at the mouth of the grave, as when one plows and breaks up the earth. Just want to stop there about humility. Like, he's like, hey, Mm. our bones are scattered. Like, he's talking about the the righteous and the wise. He's like, yeah, Mm. follow the council, da-da-da-da. But at the end of the day, our bones are scattered. Like, we're going to die. Like, that's it. Continue on. Pick it up in verse 8. But my eyes are upon you, O God, the Lord. In you I take refuge. Do not leave my soul destitute. Keep me from the snares they have laid for me and from the traps of the workers of iniquity. Let the wicked fall into into their own nets while I escape safely. Wow. Like, I love that, hey? Yeah. Like, keep me from the snares they have laid for me. Like, mm. people like David or any of us, really, there's traps being laid in our lives. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. And guys, 
what is the solution here? Is it, you know, okay, got to find the traps. So we like, you know, uh, people trying to find IEDs in Iraq, you know, what, like, what is it? What does that look like? Finding the traps here. Well, what is the advice that David gives? Yeah. Well, um, essentially he comes back to keeping his eyes upon God. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep your eyes, turn your eyes upon, I love this hymn, mm. turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full on his wonderful face mm. and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Yeah. Like so much comes back to that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think as well, like in regards to, to turning our eyes upon Jesus, you know, mm. it would be in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our mm. faith. Paul, and even referencing David as a man after God's own heart and whatnot, it would be Paul who would then say, uh, who would, mm. who would write and, and, and account David as a part of the faith hall of fame and whatnot. Mm. But then finally, uh, it would be, you know, Paul who would say all of these men reflecting on all of these people throughout, mm. you know, Hebrews chapter 11 who were faithful and whatnot. Like they had their experience because they kept their eyes towards Jesus. Mm. And here we can see that reflected in his own life. Like he's yeah. like, yeah, I kept my eyes on God. And then the admin, you know, what Paul encourages, he's like incites us to do, hey, mm. let's keep our eyes on Jesus. Let's mm. keep going towards him. That is the only way to overcome the snares, the difficulties and the traps of life. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Hey, we are in the studio this morning and we are going to now go through some answers. No more questions, Mm. just answers for you guys. Let's do it. So the first question was, in order to keep seed alive on the earth, God sent what animal type onto the ark by sevens? The answer is birds, fowls of the air, which is found, yeah, seven, uh, Genesis 7, 3 to 4. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's so cool. Like, yeah, God making conservation efforts himself, you know, mm. trying to redistribute and repopulate, yeah. you know, the earth with vegetation. Man. Well, I noticed he was able to get a hold of yeah. more birds than um, the rest of the animals, and maybe that's because they were going cheap. I don't know. I'm sorry. Oh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible pun. <laughs> Terrible pun. There you go. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. We um, love it. Wait, you got a text from your... <laughs> Oh, wife, I did actually. actually. She said your pun game is on point, which could uh, be that she's um like she could right, just Casey. be being nice. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 I rate it. That was my favorite one so far. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, you know, it's a good pun when like mm. half the people are like positive about it, and the other half of the people are like denouncing. The groans it. are the yeah. best bit. Yeah, like, that that like sort of sustained me when I was a wow. teacher. So my puns, you know, the kids had grown brilliant. It's, ah, it's that's amazing. awesome. Um, number two, Elijah told Ahab to get up and eat and drink because there was a sound of what? Mm, now the answer here is a sound of abundance of rain, yeah, which is rain. an awesome line in my, f- this is probably, I'd say top three favorite hymns. One of them mm. is showers of blessings. Mm. And it's like sound of <laughs> abundance of rain, showers mm. of, dude, such a good song, mm. a beautiful hymn there. And also an amazing story to, you know, declaring the mm. end of the drought there. And, uh, you know, actually it's powerful story too about redemption eventually mm. with you know the struggles that uh that elijah would eventually have mm. yeah i uh, just got a text from sky as well bring on the dad jokes please so th- like there, there are many oh, more where that came it. from yeah, people, i promise people loving it we'll yeah. see what we can do um for now though the questions number three when paul and the others were shipwrecked on the island of malta who showed them kindness and lit them a fire because of the cold and the rain basically the natives yeah the people of malta 
at the oh, time. That's mm. nice. You know, it's, they're not, uh, unfortunately, uh, like, you know, where some people are ending up with, with natives mm. and they're getting uh, on islands and yeah. getting eaten or robbed or <laughs> yeah. whatever it may be. No, that's the case with Mediterranean islands. But yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. No, they got, they got looked after and then Paul got bit by a snake and was like, mm. lol, no. I mean, yeah, mm. I think it was a miracle from God. Yeah. Uh, and that very much enabled him to preach the gospel there. Absolutely. It was, it was a good one. Mm. Uh, and this, then number four was our double fill in the blank. So be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Behold, the husbandman waiteth for the precious fruit of the earth and hath long patience for it until he receive the blank and blank. The answer was early and latter rain. So mm. the words we were looking for were early and latter. We were looking to receive the early and latter rain. That's James 5, 7. Yeah, the outflowing of the Holy Spirit, you know, we saw the early rain take place in, you know, the time of Pentecost mm. and the, the latter rain, you know, as the Bible describes, and this is particularly in Revelation where mm. it describes, you know, a, a final um, push towards Jesus' second coming, an mm. awakening of the people, yep. a worshipping of God in spirit and in truth. And, uh, yeah, it's amazing stuff there. We're just, we're just laughing about a, uh, we're, we're just laughing about a pun that's uh, come through on the text line. Sky writes in, I do a fair bit of driving, had to reverse this morning, that took me back. That took me back. Oh, that, yeah. that is so good. Yeah, that's awesome. Sky, have you ever tried blindfolded archery? I swear, you do not know what you've been missing. Get out. Get it. <laughs> mute, mute, Mike muted. Nah, that, that was the str- nah, was That was all right. I don't think it was your best. I like the cheap one better because it related to good. birds. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think you missed the mark on that one. Oh, yeah. oh. oh, oh that, was that was good. That was good. That, that yeah. got me. Uh, and, of course, last question, number five. What has the connecting theme been between all the questions today? The answer is rain. Mm. There's been a lot of rain-themed questions. Absolutely. Mm. And it hasn't hasn't been uh, making things wet and drizzly, but mm. making it lively and good. We've seen lots of uh, you know text messages through, lots of people playing the quiz. So thank you mm. so much for participating in the show yeah. today. And if there's you know one thing I could reflect about rain, you know, I, this isn't a setup for a pun, by the way. Uh, you know, just thinking about the way that uh, the rain is described in the Bible, it's either mm. as blessings or the outflowing of the Holy Spirit mm. in in a few different ways. But particularly, you know, the Bible says the rain falls on the just and on the unjust. You know, mm. God yep. is in the business of supporting all people, mm. but for the purpose of trying to lead people to redemption. Mm. And if there's one thing that rain should remind us of, and that you know, there is those weather cycles, and then they enable our plants to go and whatnot. We still have our living, our breathing on this earth because God is supporting us mm. to draw close to him. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we have swiftly and promptly come to the end of the show. Mm. Thank you guys for joining us, particularly Aaron, Thank you, for, yeah. for getting yeah, on the mic it. this morning, yeah, chatting awesome. with us about your story, the mm. Bible, uh, the amazing things in God's Word, and and yeah, just help helping us out. We mm. and I love this too, because this is the good thing. We're all local. Yeah. So we can, we can yeah, just yeah. come hang out in the morning. This is <laughs> yeah. cool. That's been awesome. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and of course after this this isn't the end of faith fm there'll be more amazing (laughs) programming coming up so stay tuned for that but as usual when we get to the end of the show we give away something absolutely for free and now you don't have to answer any questions for this you just need to be the first person to text through the word book for health and wellness secrets that will change your life by mark finley and peter landless as well now mark finley Mm. uh prolific preacher, mm. evangelist, sharer of the gospel. And this is all about like secrets that will change your life about health and wellness from the Bible. The powerful mm. thing is if you're someone who is endeavoring to follow the Bible this morning, there is the advice 
that the Bible gives regarding health that is incredibly beneficial. In fact, because of that advice, there are people living in the world today longer than ever before. Mm. And so again, that number is 0491-064-669. That is the number to text. By the way, I was referencing blue zones there, if you don't know about those. Uh, And yeah, people endeavoring to follow the health principles of the Bibles, living longer. That's what this book is about. Again, guys, thank you for joining us this morning. Remember to talk faith, live faith, and act faith, and you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.